Central Florida, this is Dr. Simone alongside Dr. Samuels and Dr. Wilkerson. Join us every Friday at 7.35 p.m. for Central Florida Education Pioneers. You do not want to miss this. Friday afternoon and we are back Central Florida for those who are on Radio Land, um, Instagram, Facebook, welcome, thank you for joining us and for those who are streaming, we appreciate you being here tonight and we have an awesome, awesome 50 minute program planned for you tonight and yes. I'm tossing it over to Dr. Amanda Wilkerson. Well, good evening everyone. I want to start out by saying that there has been a series of traumatizing uh, events that have transpired in rapid succession over the course of the last several weeks. The senseless murder of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, um, and now George Floyd, or even having a phone call being weaponized because of race. All of these incidences are unacceptable. So today with the heavy heart, but rooted in the duty of love as a black woman, a social justice reformer, and Florida's leading urban education researcher, I speak the name of George Floyd and speak against injustices that have contributed to the senseless loss of his life. In tonight's conversation, we take a turn away from COVID-19 to talk about the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joseph Biden. We'll also discuss education, and we'll talk about these topics from the perspective of black women. So joining us around the round table is Jasmine Bernie Clark, social justice advocate and political here in Florida. Samantha Wallace, executive director of the Orlando Man Up Mentoring, and of course our co-host. So go ahead and introduce yourself, co-host. Well, you guys know me, I'm Dr. Dakers, of course, <laughs> Dr. Simone on the radio, and? Uh, I'm Dr. Samuels, and uh, happy Friday to all the teachers. We just started summer, so I know you're feeling as happy as I am. Jasmine, you're in the house? <laughs> I'm here. Great. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And Samantha, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hello, Central Florida. Great to be here tonight. Well, ladies, welcome to the Central Florida Education Pioneer Roundtable. We're about five months um, away from the presidential election. And this time of the year is where voters really look through the candidates' promises with a sharp eye to determine who they will support. So recently, Vice President Biden released his plan for Black America entitled Lift Every Voice. So I want to start out tonight's conversation by asking Jasmine, could you briefly tell us what Biden's plan means for Black women voters? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, specifically as it relates to uh, education, um, there are a few top lines that black women voters should take seriously, especially as mothers, women who um, steer the direction of their households when it comes to voting and elections in general. Um, and that is the support of our educators by giving them uh, pay and dignity that they deserve, um, investing resources for our schools so that students grow into physically and emotionally healthy adults, and educators who can focus on teaching, um, it also ensures that no children are, uh, and their futures are determined by where they live at and based on their zip code, based on their race, based on their um, disability. 
It also provides every middle and high school student with a path to a successful college, even if that, or excuse me, a career, even if that doesn't mean going to college. And then also means investing in children from the point of birth. I would also like to just point out that this plan is in comparison to our current president, who is also Biden's opponent, Trump, where there's mm-hmm. actually no plan or policy laid out as it relates to any issue, That's let alone education. That's a very good point. I mean, um, you know, when we put it in that perspective, the context becomes very clear because we do have um, someone who's articulating a pathway for it. And we're experiencing really leaderless um, leadership when it comes to education um, in the nation. So, Samantha, I'm going to toss this question to you. Yes. So she talked a lot about what she, she really talked about education. Um, and what the plan means for um, our children. What does it mean for your children? You work for, with a very vulnerable population here in Central Florida. So what does this all mean for you, for a person that's working on the front lines? Um, well, the plan itself, um, it is uh, something very intentional, um, and it speaks to the needs of our community. And so, um, as Jasmine said um, previously, uh, our current president there isn't a plan. So Biden already has an advantage um, coming to the table with some sort of plan of action. Uh, with that being said, um, we really have to drill down though in the communities that um, I currently and others are serving um, that are considered low income, marginalized, underserved communities we have to get back out even including teachers and i know they are overwhelmed and underpaid mm-hmm. um, but the schools title one schools they have so many social issues you're unable to even address academia um, so with that being said we have to get out a little bit more and make sure what's going on in these households how can we better support um, our, our students prior to them arriving to school so that they can focus on education. We have to look at Ma- Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If basic needs are not met, then there is no way food, shelter, safety, if those things are not met, you can't focus on school when you arrive there. So it's really important that we're intentional in our plans um, and that we're holding um, the people that we have in office um, accountable. So engagement and accountability are the two key things that we need to focus on. You know, you talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I really have to say that sitting around this table with so much melanin in the room, one of the things that I want to focus on is us as individuals. We do a lot for other people, Um, but I have to tell you, I, I feel a bit ignored in terms of a voting demographic with regard to the elections right now. So I'll blame a part of that on COVID, but let's really talk about what we want. We talked about what, you know, is important for education. We also mm-hmm. talked about what's important um, for the school systems. But, you know, Dr. Simone, what do you think is an important point for you during this upcoming election season as a black woman? I, I, I feel that as a black woman, it is very important when it comes to individuals, minorities who are working, and then you point out to the school system and also in education, where our voices are heard. And I think um, referring to our last week conversation where we say, okay, we can do all this, we have solutions, but our voices being heard. Mm-hmm. What's important for me that not only that I'm being heard, but I'm also part of the decision making around the table where you can hear 
mm-hmm. as like you, I'm on the front line. You can hear what we are seeing and feeling and witnessing every day when it comes to our students and others in our communities. Let us be a part of the decision making. Mm-hmm. Let us bring to the forefront what our concerns are. You know, I think Jasmine might have an interesting perspective to add to this because she knows how to um, get the community engaged and organized. So my question that I want to put on the table to you, Jasmine, is how do we organize voters in this new normal where mm-hmm. engagement is no longer face to face? That is such a good question. I um, am a consultant for a number of different in-state and national political institutions and organizations. And ever since we experienced COVID, we knew exactly where the um, sort of burn would be for the work that we have ahead. It's already difficult because Florida has so many barriers they put in place for voters in this state. But then you add a national pandemic on top of it, and it makes it even more difficult. So voters are turning a lot to digital organizing, um, text messaging, phone banking, where we would traditionally come to your home and knock on your door. We're now blowing you up on the phones. We're now texting you. You're going to see so many digital ads on your social media networks, newspapers, As you probably have already seen, you're getting inundated with a ton of online Zoom events and telecom halls and things of that nature. Um, We don't want folks to get Zoomed out or exhausted by the amount of activity that's happening, but do know that there is going to be a digital overload to make sure that we engage. And, And when we can find that it's safe to actually go back out on the field, we'll do so when it makes sense. But... We are going to try to engage folks as much as we can online and over the phone. Yeah, the digital engagement seems like very interesting and awesome. But I have to tell you, I'm already annoyed with the phone calls. I get <laughs> text, text messages. Right, I get text <laughs> messages that say, hey, Matthew, we want you to come out and vote. We're from the Florida Democrats. And I'm thinking to myself, first, I'm not Matthew. And please don't text me again because I'm already annoyed. So what do you guys, what is your take on this idea of digital organizing? I, well, in regards to that, I feel like it's so disconnected because now, like, my voice you're hearing per se, it's a text message. And I like you, Amanda. I'm like, okay, delete. But because I know I'm going to do my part. I know I'm going to do my part as a voter, voter on the front end and as someone who's organized as well. Um, but I feel like it's not as... Um, so I'm looking that at personal touch? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It's not the same. So, Matthew, you're shaking your head. What do you have to say? Come on, let me bring you into the conversation. Oh, Amanda. Um, so really, I was just thinking, I know this is our new normal. However, again, the communities that we're talking about that are marginalized, there is already a digital divide. So everyone, typically these communities are already disengaged a lot of times um, because they are not uh, brought into mm-hmm. the, the conversation until you want their vote. Um, but they're considered oftentimes an afterthought. With that being said, you couple that with the fact that many people don't have Wi-Fi. They don't always have access. And although they may have government phones, I work with these kids. Like every time you look, it's a different phone number. So again, who's to say that they're receiving the information 
that I bet you Jasmine is going to be making sure that people are <laughs> that job, right? You know, I guess one of the things that um, yeah, Jasmine said sure. You heard that. Um, one of the things that I, I want to hear from you all is if you had an opportunity to talk to um, Simone Sanders from uh, Joe Biden's campaign or Jasmine Bernie, who really is um, a prolific uh, political here in the state of Florida. What recommendations would you make for outreaching to black women so that we can go out and vote? Got it. So I would say, well, for one, stay strong, sis, because okay. this work is not for the faint of heart. Um, and we know that we know what it looks like to be the only one in the room. So I can only imagine what it looks like to be the only one in the nation that has the ear of the president to mm -hmm. help bring it and galvanize an entire community of folks together. But I do know that she is getting a lot of help and support. The other advice that I would give him is you need to choose a black woman as your BT. And if you don't, yes. we have the ability to burn down an election like we can build up one. So prepare mm -hmm. yourself for that. Um, the third thing That's I true. would say is that we need to make sure that the outreach is, is as authentic as possible. Um, the former VP has had a very difficult time connecting to voters at all age ranges and at all races, um, all different backgrounds, sexual orientations, and we need to make sure that he is as authentic um, as he possibly can be. And we need to make sure that he's just not um, pandering to what he thinks each demographic should um, consist of. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human. There are basic needs and necessities that we all require. And ultimately, we also require freedom when we think about what justice looks like. So make sure that it, it, it fits the mold that I think we all want to see. Listen, that was a very important point. There's so much conversation about who he should pick. I want to do a quick straw poll before we sign off air and wrap things up. How many of you in the room believe that Joe Biden needs to select a black woman to be his VP? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. What, what's yes. The, what's so Jasmine, what's the you're, you're right. What's, what's the alternative? alternative? You know, well, guys, the that's, that's been our time. I'm going to hand it back to Dr. Simone, but I want to thank Jasmine <laughs> yes. for tuning in. I want to thank Samantha for joining us at the round table. You guys come back next week. We're going to have a very interesting topic. We're going to be doing a stream too, remember? Okay. And we're going to be doing a live stream to continue this conversation. Yes. So really, guys, um, continue to follow us on our social media platforms. And then don't forget on Facebook, June 3rd, Dr. Pringle will be on there. You have to tune in for that. And tomorrow, WKB, um, during our 2 p.m. hour, you have to have to be there. We have a, a very interesting hot discussion awaiting you so you do not want to miss that guys so on wkb um b16a streaming welcome again once again guys thank you for joining us facebook instagram we appreciate you guys continue to follow us and until then we're out bye bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for tuning in join us again every fridays at 7 35 p.m we are the Central Florida Education Pioneers.